Alright, bro, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you? Hello. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yes, man. I'm all right, man. I'm all right. I just thought um live. I just thought I'd put to practice what I've been thinking about for a while, starting a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. just talking about people's passions, really, and I feel like you're a passionate guy with a few things going on, so we'll we'll get chatting about <laughs> it. I tell you what, I'm good for a podcast because I've got a lot of strong opinions about things. Yes, yes, that's what we need, man. We need to <laughs> we need to conversate and talk and see if we can yeah. see if we can learn something or gain an insight or anything. Right, so um, blessings. Let's talk about the musical background and where you where you where it all started. Where <clears throat> where it all started? Oh, good question. Uh, Musical background, what do you want me to go really, really go, as far back go, as possible? Go right back, but you don't have to go through every single detail, but just where it started and then how things grew. Well, my I come from a family of music people, so my dad is a musician by trade, so um, I grew up around music big time. Yeah. Um, so um, he was, uh, he's sort of retired now, but um, he was a guitarist so right. he was session guitarist um in bands and then also wrote music for tv and theater as well so Sick. he had a little home studio as well Sick. which is why i'm quite um interested in studios and all that sort right. of stuff right uh, anyway so yeah played me lots of music my mum also very loves music sister really good pianist yep um and i so I started learning piano when I was about five. I played it for about six or seven years. Yeah. Um, then I switched to clarinet at school because they wanted me to play it for some reason. I can't remember why. And, uh, so I just did that what, for five years. I know what clarinet is, but I can't think of, think of it in my mind. Let me just Google. It's like a black mini saxophone, sound-wise. Yeah, yeah. Let me just Google it so I can... Just... It's, like a, it's like a saxophone little sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a it's a classical instrument, yeah, so it's got classical you, music. Um, but you can play it in jazz and everything. Yeah. I played that for five years as well, and then I quit because, as all teenagers do, they end up quitting things <laughs> stupidly. So I should have carried on the piano and the sax. But I took up the guitar, and I've been self-taught guitar and bass for about seven or eight years. Um, I don't play them seriously, but I play them. Productions. Well, I just, I just, I mostly play acoustic folk guitar just for fun. Oh, okay, okay, that's sick, okay. So I don't really use it in my production at all. Um, Why not? I prefer, I'm actually a very electronic-facing guy. I much prefer electronic music when I'm, for my, sorry, for my type of music that I'm making, I prefer the electronic side. The only thing is, some of my stuff that I do in Agora, occasionally I use my own recording. So a few of my songs I've recorded stuff. Okay. But um, I'm not a very technical guitarist either, so I I don't think the uh, quality is high enough anyway. But um, I do some, like, I set up my mic an hour ago. I've just recorded something for fun, but it's just like a a folk song. Um, yeah. yeah, so sister is a bit older. She got into garage um, and house and drum and bass, introduced me to all that. And my dad used to like the, a uh, bit weird, because he doesn't like electronic music really at all, but he don't really likes the Prodigy and Orbital. And yeah, but I, can, I, can, I can see why, so, I can see why. Yeah, they were quite big at the time as well. They weren't considered underground dance artists or anything. They were like big stadium fillers. And they're not really electronic um, though, are they really? They are quite band driven as well, with their like drums and stuff. Well, Orbital are more electronic. Um, and System 7 and uh, 
Future Sound London, but the Prodigy are like, yeah, basically a rock band with electronic stuff yeah. in it. Um, so yeah, got into them. Um, and then when I was like 18, 19, started to, dis- I always knew about Garage. I started to actually sort of explore it a bit more when I was sixth form. Um, coming to uni, I think a lot of people's catalyst for getting into dance music is, is going to university or go to a place like that. So, I yeah. started to go out clubbing. Yeah. Yeah, I went to uni in Brighton. That's why I live in Brighton. Why did you study? What did you study? I did history and sociology, so nothing to do with music. Yeah, I did. I did accounting, bro. We all do that, bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I actually, yeah. Well, I actually went to. I wanted. I, I was thinking about doing music at uni, but everyone was like, "Nah, just you already." learning how to do it yourself there's no point so i did history which is probably my biggest expertise it's even more of a expertise than music yeah. so the, re- the, um, the reason why i didn't go down the music route for like college and like um and this, this is probably gonna sound quite bad but it's literally what i thought as like a like someone that was about 16 going into college i went to like one of the music technology um like uh, open day things and i just and i just remember thinking like i'm too smart to be it i know obviously that sounds quite bad but I just thought, like, but then looking back, I probably, sh- I don't know, it, it all kind of worked out in the end because I ended up going uni, realising that was a bunch of bullshit and I'm kind of not focused on the music now. But I suppose everything yeah. happens for a reason, but... Well, I mean, if, you, if you're being completely honest, like, if you can learn to do it yourself, then why pay 27 grand to do it? But I pay 27 grand to for, for, for some academy degree that I'm never, ever, ever going to use. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like, okay, I mean, in your case, you're not going to use it. But if you wanted to go down the route of accountancy, it'd probably be very useful. Yeah. Whereas being a music producer, you don't need any qualification. Well, my my headspace I mean. back in the day was, because I think it was because of like where, where society is driven and where my school was just like, music was in my school, but it weren't really a thing where like, no one wanted to do it because it was just some Beethoven bullshit, like, like no one really interested in it. And I just didn't really see music as, yeah. like, a, as an actual like sustainable option. It is, it is funny, isn't it? Because when you do music tech at school, you're from South London, right? No. Well, I live in South London now, but I grew up in Milton Keynes. That's where my oh. mum lives. Oh, Milton Keynes, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like it's still like urban city environment. It, I think it is ironic that in a lot of like... Inner, I'm not from the inner city, but I'm from outer city. But um, in city environments, they are still focusing so heavily on like... I, I don't understand music. why. I reckon it should be part. It should be part of it because obviously classical music is very like good to learn the theory. But I don't understand why you've got mm. to like make some bullshit when you can get some urban producer come in and teach everyone how to make dance music or hip hop or and everyone will be engaged yeah, and you'll get certainly. more musicians like really believe and they can do it from early. Because for, for yeah. me, it just kind of delayed. It just kind of delayed everything going to uni and that stuff. Because but it was good because then I can kind. I what I learned from uni is what I don't want to do in my life. And I suppose that's still a good lesson because it's like, you realise you've done that and you realise that, that that's not for you, bro. You can't be this person that's like in a box, like working for someone and just when you've got so many creative ideas in your head. So it was good in that sense. But yeah, I just feel like... Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like it, 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 if, if it was more pushed from early and then and it was... But I think now it could, is. I think because of social media and the internet and more information being out there, I think people could see now People can like go on YouTube and see a young producer like them making a beat and then they'll be like, oh, well, I can do that, you know? Like, why can't I not do that? Whereas when I was growing up, YouTube was really big like that, so you couldn't really see a lot. 
so you couldn't really see something yeah and then realize yeah, that yeah. you couldn't do it but that's why just... yeah the curriculum is very outdated i i agree i i didn't become a producer through school or anything i became a producer i think because one of my mates introduced me to it i think a lot of people get introduced by friends and stuff. yeah 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 that's how i got into djing as well you have to see it, it. wasn't because you have to see it for you to yeah do exactly it. you have someone else to bring you in that's yeah, how yeah. i got djing my uncle was a dj so i just as soon as i set eyes on them decks i was just literally like brother like i couldn't every time i went around that house i was on them decks i just couldn't like not yeah but yeah carry on mate Sorry. it's funny yeah no it's funny i remember uh my dad was very because he's a musician he was very keen on me getting into music as well and i remember when i was 14 for like my 14th 15th birthday my dad was like i want to buy you a like what would probably be like a controller um dj controller like a DJ controller, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was like, uh, you know, like I think this would be good. Like, I'll buy you one if you want it. And I had absolutely no idea of the concept of DJing. I didn't understand what it was. I didn't understand yeah. what DJing was. I didn't know what it was. So I just said no. Wait, would you would you would you produce him before you DJ? Uh, who me? Yeah, uh, obviously if you're musical, yeah, you yeah, yeah, you yeah. DJ, But would you produce him before? Oh you? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I'm, I've always been a producer first. Um, I'm DJing is something I'm interested in, but it's not one yeah, of my see, biggest. I'm the opposite way around. Like I'm a DJ at heart. Started DJing since I was about twelve, thirteen, and then, but producing's still very, 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 very important to me. But it's like whenever I'm producing, it's I'm in my head. I'm thinking about DJing when I'm making a tune. It's always the tunes I'm making are always for me to play out or for people to play out. That's the reason why I make tunes. That's why I find it hard to like, because obviously I love hip hop, I love R&B, and that's the influences I have in my tunes, but I find it hard to make it because I'm like, when I'm when I'm making a tune, I'm just thinking about like, the energy that it's going to be replicated when it's played out. So I find it hard mm-hmm. to like, sit down and make a hip hop tune because I'm like, I'm not really going to do anything with this. Yeah. But I do yeah, want to yeah. make it, so I will eventually yeah, get it's, into it's, this. It's, it's, you got to, yeah. I, I often yeah um sorry it's having connection problem yeah, um good, good. yeah I've often felt a pressure myself to uh to, to concentrate more on DJing and I just have to realise like yes it's something I want to work on but I'm for the time being it's I'm good enough to DJ out and, and all that sort yeah. of stuff so uh, it's yeah, ironic yeah, I'm the sort of guy like if you ask me to record a mix it will be absolute rubbish and I'll have to re-record it loads of times but live I can do it basically flawlessly yeah, I like performing under pre- pressure a lot more so yeah, no, I feel that, man. I think everyone's different. I think there's different angles. To hello? Play, <laughs> yeah, hello. Can you hear me? Sorry, I've just switched onto my hotspot. My Wi-Fi is a bit rubbish. Okay, mate, no worries. So my, my, my hotspot should be a lot more stable now. Right. Um, so you were just saying, yeah, I was just saying um, that, yeah, I feel pressure to, to be a better DJ and to, uh, to, to, to stop, try and take my skills to the next level. But then I realised... I'm not particularly interested in that. I like playing tunes out in a particular way and I already do that, so I don't need no, to... Um, I can push myself at a point when I feel I need to, but at the moment, I'm happy with DJing. It's because 
I hang out with a lot of people who are mad DJs. Like my my housemate Marco, who's just on the other side of that room, uh, Wool, aka Blue. Um, he's a mad DJ. Yeah. Mad, like does some crazy technical stuff, and I'm always like, oh god, I need to be like that. But then I'm like, actually no, I don't need to do that. It's not my style. It's like, it doesn't really work with garage either. It's like um, it's like yeah, but that's like anything though. Like I, I'd say I'm a quite technical DJ, but I do my shit. Like I don't. Like to compare, I, I can compare, I can sit there and compare myself to someone like DJ EZ or someone like that. But like, it's like that styles, it's style that style's definitely influenced in the way I DJ. But it's not how I want to DJ. If that makes sense, like I'm still like a very like I like to selections and like to do you know what I'm saying. So it's just like anything really. Like it's like scratching. Like I'm not a big scratcher. Like I don't really like scratching. Scratching can be sick. I've seen people do it sick, but I think as a concept, it's not really for me. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, I'm a more of a, I think I'm similar to you. I'm more of a tune selector. I like my mixes to go on journeys and stuff and building it up tension wise and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I feel yeah, like, yeah. I I don't know about you. I I feel it's quite difficult to myself to do with garage. That might be the type, the type of garage that I play particularly. I find it much easier to do really good sets as Agora and Heritage. Yeah, but I, I don't, if I'm playing a set, like, I won't just play Garage. I'll be playing, I'll yeah. be playing, I'll be playing, I'll just be playing what I feel, really, and I'll be playing loads of, because yeah. there's so much, there's a, there's, a, there's a wide spectrum of Garage, though, so, like, you've got Garage that's, like, you got Garage that's, like, could be considered baseline, and you've got Garage that could, could be considered house music, and you've got Two-Step, and you've got all these, so it's just, it's such a big, like, selection of tunes to play, like, I feel like, yeah, you can, you definitely can play a well, well-versed set in Garage. But it also, and it just depends on what tunes connect with you, though, because I feel like I just connect with Garage and drum and bass the most, so I feel like that's probably what the best music I'll play out, but maybe you play better, like, funky or, like, the kind of, like, breakbeat stuff that you that you make. That's probably what you connect with more. It's all about what you connect mm. with more. That's what kind of yeah, yeah. you'll play a better, better or, yeah, better set with. Gary, yeah, Gary, I have a funny old relationship with Garage. It's like a yeah, love so let's, relationship. Yeah, so let's talk about the Garage then, because um, I think your Garage is fucking sick, bro. Um, personally, <laughs> mate, like, I, I like, honestly, Thanks. mate, like, um, I know obviously you like to downplay it a bit, but I just think your Garage, the two step Garage that you make, is literally my my favourite, I'd say. Yeah, there's probably a few others that I rate highly, uh, being like Mind Over Dragon, PDV, and all them and there, but you're definitely one of them. I think I remember. I remember when I first clocked onto one of your tunes. It was that infatuation tune I found, and I was like, "Bro, what the fuck is this? This should not be free download, bro. This is too sick to be a free download." And then, and then from there, obviously, we connected on Instagram and stuff. And then you've been sending me bits, and it's just been uh, too sick, bro. I don't. I want to talk about like how how you approach Gary because it's like it's it's different, and then it's also it's also got the elements of like like old old two step, and it's also like quite different and unique to, to your sound as well yeah um well i i don't know if, it, if this is real but i i imagine certain influences have influenced my sound so i the reason i started production basically is one of my really good friends uh is a rapper like a hip-hop us style rapper yeah. uh and he wanted some beats made and i was like oh i've got this fruity loops program i'll try and make something for you and uh, I made some beats and we've made loads of beats together over the years. Um, it's nothing too serious for me. Just sort of like boom bappy sort of stuff. Yeah. Bits of trap and things like that. Um, so I imagine that's how I learned to produce essentially. So I imagine that has probably influenced the way that I use sounds. 
basically. Yeah. Especially like samples. So my music is always very sample heavy. Um, yeah. Some producers don't use any samples at all, but I. No, I, I, I'm a sample guy as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I my garage tracks are probably. I'm gonna open one up actually. Have a look. I'd say. Oh, actually, I can't because I'm recording. But um, I'd say that. Most of my garage tracks are, are probably like 60, 70% samples. So, yeah. um, even, okay, drums, maybe I wouldn't count because most people use drum samples. Um, and actually going out of your DAW and looking for external samples. But I, I often just underpin things with, with samples. So I'll make a very skeleton sort of track. For example, I've got a track coming out which you've heard, but most people won't, called yeah. uh, Peach Gardens, banger. which is like banger. a four by banger, four banger, banger, track. Cheers. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like a four by four old school garage track, um, and it's sort of like you know it's got it's got good solid elements, but the thing that really gels the whole thing together is this sample from a J Cole track called. Uh, Oh, what's it called? Uh, I, love, I, I love hearing the tune and then like producer telling me where they sampled it and then like hearing the sample and then hearing what they've done with it. It's so sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the 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 un, the whole track throughout the whole thing. It doesn't. It's the only thing that doesn't stop once throughout the whole thing. Is uh is the beginning of O Three Adolescence by J Cole and it's just like a oh, string like, section. Yeah. Is that like the? Yeah, yeah. It's got like a really nice orchestral bit. Yeah, yeah. I know that tune. Yeah, that one. And so if you listen to it now, you'll hear him going, la, 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 la. Yeah, like, yeah, throughout yeah, the whole yeah. song. Yeah. Uh, so that's J. Cole. So if you take that sample away, and it's actually very subtle, it's mixed very quietly as well. Yeah. In terms of, as opposed to the drums, it's like, you take that out, the track is a piece of shit without it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I realised that. Like, one element extra into a tune could just bring it out, and that's it. Job done. That's, that's, that's usually what it is. It's just one tiny thing that just completes it. Yeah. Um, what was the question again? I was just basically talking about your garage. So we were just talking about it, really. Um, let's talk about uh, mixing now. Um, how do you approach the mix down of a track? Well, I used to do it as I go along. Uh, now I sort of do a bit as I go along and then do a, a grand one at the end. So, yeah. Um, most how important I thing I learned... Yeah, you go on. No, 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 you go on, you go first, you go first. All right. Yeah, the most important thing I learnt, which I didn't learn that long ago, probably about a year ago or a year and a half ago, was about metering, so watching your levels of your tracks. I used to do everything by ear. That's what I was going to ask you, actually. Go on, carry on. Yeah, so I used to do everything by ear, um, and which does probably about 90% of the work. Yeah. Yeah. that's how you get to the right level in the first place. And then you have to check your your levels, which for, if you haven't done much of this, is, is the numbers that come up on the side of your tracks for the loudness, essentially. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you, actually. That's, that's a good point. Now I'm going to ask you the question because, yeah, I, I do that. I've been doing that since you... I, you were the one that told me... You, you've actually helped me so much in my production, especially in mixing, because obviously when I've been sending you my tunes, they've been sending, sounding like shit. You've been telling me what I go on, and obviously then I use your kind of... I remember you telling me, like, watch the kicking in the bass and in the snare and I kind of like mix it like that and that's how I mix all my tunes now but the question I was going to ask mm. was just the volume like I feel like I'm I have issues with like things like 
uh, like the audio not being like you know when you're mixing the track like it's not like it goes up and down do you know if that makes sense so i've been trying to like really like kind of like channel down on like getting uh flat audio like all the way through yeah it's difficult because uh obviously if you have pardon me you have loud and quiet sections you, you there's no point in doing anything about that because if you've got a quiet section with no kicks or drums or whatever, yeah. you don't need it to be no, I know, the same volume. Mine was more like a... Are you talking about... Yeah, there's a bit of a delay, which is why we keep talking over each other. Go on. Yeah. Right, yeah, so like, mm. you know, like when the, like, the audio is dipping up and down, like in yeah. within within the section, like within like the first, I don't know, like the first drop, if it's like going up and down by like I don't know like zero point two b db or something, does that does, does the masking sort it out, or should you really be trying to get it flat? Uh, depends really. Um, I'm not really sure what you mean actually. Because like, let's say for example, I'm dropping like I don't know, like I'm just it it could be because it's the MIDI and stuff, and the audio is not fully controlled. But sometimes I'll have bits where like the audio is just it's like dipping up and down slightly. Like it'll be like it'll drop. well, if it's if it's zero point two decibels difference, there's nothing. It's nothing. So yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. It's it's the problem is if you're like you know several decibels difference. Yeah, yeah. Because that's audibly different. If it's only a tiny weeny bit, just don't worry about it. In fact, that's probably actually a good thing because it adds a bit of character to your track. Yeah. No, because I was definitely stressing about that. Cause I've got I've got a tune that I'm trying to finish in a minute. And like it drops on like. Is it... Well, the thing is about. Yeah, go on. It drops on like minus ten, and then like it will go up to like nine point six, and then, and then yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's nothing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Don't worry about that. That's such such a small difference that that won't even be audibly. You won't even be able to hear it. And uh, if it was going from minus ten to minus seven, then yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, say yeah. something. But um, minus ten to minus nine point six. Don't worry about it. That's just that's gonna happen. You use Ableton, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Occasionally, when you have collections of instruments all hitting at the same time, it will peak a little higher. Yeah, um, yeah. But the average, so there's lots of different metering things. Peak is the highest it ever gets, whereas you want to be looking at. Well, actually, yeah. just don't worry about it. It's not a problem. That mastering will probably fix that. Yeah, I, I, I was, I, I was, I did assume that. I, I felt like if it was only dipping up a bit when it's mastered, I suppose it would just sort of like, kind of like level out a bit. Yeah, I don't squash stuff too much anyway. What do you mean? Like Try and avoid the squashing. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, like yeah. you, certain type of people like masters that sound incredibly loud and like compressed. And that's what they like. That sort of thing works well in a club. I, I always think it's too loud for myself. I like to go for a more sort of subtle sound. Um, I think yeah. it sounds better even on a club system. Because you just get a lot more roundness. Yeah. get a lot more warmth. I was talking to my friend, funnily enough, the other day. Um, and he's, he's nothing to do with the garage scene in terms of production, but he likes garage. And um, yeah. he was saying... He's been listening to Mind of a Dragon and and uh, who was it? Sharda, Merlo, um, all the top guys in the game. He was like, he's mate, this guy. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, he's a sick 
mixing engineer like way better than I am he does death metal bands and stuff which is incredibly difficult to do yeah, I can imagine. Um, and he was like over the last couple of years all of those guys mixes have just become completely flat like they don't have any and this is a technical level but it also it's a, they're just boring to listen to essentially so like they have no uh, character they're so well produced that they they're, they're, it's like they've lost something yeah, and I I personally I think like P- prescribed a vibe for example his recent EP is a masterclass in getting the balance right because that has so much character because things are popping out every now and then and he's got such a warm round sound whereas a lot of the guys are are they're sick producing I think they've been overproduced essentially they're so compressed they're so well EQ'd that there's no resonance or anything like that. No, I kind of I I I, I yeah I get yeah but I think. Mm, I mean, but I don't know. That's not my personal view. I just it's no, no, what he was saying. I, I thought it was quite interesting because I'd never even thought about it. I get it. the point, but I, uh, yeah, I get the point. I get the point from like a perspective, but I don't know. I, I, I do get what you mean when tunes are like too clean. It does, does, does sound like, does sound a bit like, not like, a bit computerish in terms of like, I don't know, like a bit, yeah, like you said, like overproduced in terms of like it doesn't, maybe doesn't sound a bit as like a person that like naturally did that. I don't know, but. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I do get that. It's point. quite. It's quite a subtle difference as well. That sort of stuff. So you have to really be bothered to hear that shit because the average listener is not going to notice. It's just producers being producers, you know. But do you? Like, oh, I don't like that. Do you think that's like? I don't know. Do you think that's because they get everything mixed and mastered by like proper like engineers? No, because I don't think they do. And I think that might be the problem. I oh, think they right. mix it themselves. And like a proper good mixing master engineer will not make that mistake, essentially. I've done it as well. So some of my heritage stuff about a year ago, I really tapped into like proper compression, proper EQing. And at the time, I was like, I'm, I'm an amazing mixing engineer. And I listen back to it now. It's just way too like clean. Too clean. It's got no like grit. Yeah, to it, I, I get that. I get oh, I get that point. I do get the point. But I think but I think it's I like do, really loud and really harsh on your ears as well. I do think it's quite subtle though. I don't think you would really clock it, I suppose. I don't think I don't think anyone would listen yeah, to it exactly. and go, oh, that's this, shit because it's too clean. Like, no one's gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. This is this is all like proper, like completely irrelevant stuff. It's just in the club as well, like no like if it's clean like, it sounds sick. That's You're not gonna hear it. People, yeah, people, exactly. All you care about is the, the thing that, yeah, and if it, I personally think that people worry about what stuff happens in a, uh, what stuff sounds like in a club way too much because most things sound good, fine yeah. in my experience. Yeah, I've played some really dodgy mixed tracks in clubs, and they still people don't care. No, they no. really do not care as long as it's loud and it's bassy, which most tracks as long are going to be. Distorted. Even if you've got a track that hasn't got that much bass in it on my speakers or a headphone playing at a club you've got massive bass bins it's still going to be bassy that's not an amazing rule but I just think people like up and coming producers need to not worry about it as much as they might think you go on somewhere like Lengerland you see all these people being like how do I make my club bass bang so much and they're like just don't uh, worry about it that much just, just focus on the music I got blocked from Lengerland did you? yeah I had a fucking I, oh mate, it's just me being so stupid like back in the day. Like, I just end up. Uh, there was a situation with, do you know Jack Jr.? <clears throat> Basically, yeah. uh, I was playing a set and um, 
he dropped the tune for a free download, but I couldn't download it. Cause you know when like sometimes he takes off the links where the links are not working. So I just all I did was yeah. I asked anyone if they had the tune in there, and then uh, fucking he, everyone got involved. He got involved saying fucking like he was like uh, just oh, you were just talking shit like oh like like why are you asking for my tunes in here? And then it just went into a madness, didn't it? Everyone was commenting and shit. It was fucking so dumb. Oh. Uh, but then at the end of the day, mm. like I was just like it's just. Uh, I don't know, me now being a producer, if someone did that to my tune, I'd be happy because they'd be like, bruv, like, you, you want to play my tune, innit? <laughs> but I don't know, everyone's obviously got their egos involved and stuff, but it is what it is. Well, yeah, that's the thing. People take dub culture very seriously. I mean, I'm not particularly someone who takes it that seriously, but some people take it better. No, but if, I mean, the fact that you put it up for a free download... Yeah, I think you just took it off and maybe... And then is a bit strange, if you ask me, but I won't make any... No, no. I won't get political. It was just anyone. a situation, isn't it? Um, the reason why I got blocked from Lengo. Like, oh, well, I, I think, I think with away, anything think like that... Like... I th- yeah, I think with anything like that, the best thing would have been for... Maybe for you to have messaged him and asked him. But even if you hadn't, and you still posted that, I think the best thing for him would have been to message you privately and no, say, no, Look, I did, mate, I did, I did. I, I messaged him afterwards, after oh. I put it. Because a few people come in saying, oh, I should ask, ask him, so I did. And then he called me a dickhead in the reply or something. I don't know. It was just like stupid thing anyway. I see I see him at Kiwi House and he was a call, innit? I just I don't think he realised who I was or anything, but it's all good anyway. Yeah, he's not gonna care. I mean, yeah, no, no one cares no, no, much no, anyway. No, no, no. It was a minor yeah. situation. But like it was just one of those situations where like like everyone like it was it was a big thing, and, like there was so many people commenting and like I'm getting myself all worked up and I'm like, Oh, but it's just so stupid, bro. So you can get like that's mm-hmm. how social media I, I do believe social media is a great thing, but then also it can be fucking can be a bit much when you like yeah when stuff like that happens and shit yeah but um but yeah uh so yeah boy so bruv what so what what else do you do bruv there must be some other shit you get up to what else are you passionate about what else does sam get up to in his spare time well i mean i feel like i should mention my other musical projects because yeah of course i a lot of people don't really I haven't really promoted them as well. Um, ironically, Heritage, right, which is a project I have with Adam, who's like my old raving partner from uni, and we set up a label called Dissident Sound together. Yeah, I see. Um, in terms of like sales, we're actually outselling movement at the moment, which is pretty mad. Um, we had just had a release on a on a really good label called Scuffed, which is run by. Will Gold Seven, who's known as High Class Filter, who's like quite big yeah, in the funky yeah, scene yeah. and stuff. Um, but he's like got into techno and stuff. Uh, and so Scuffed is, yeah, that's doing really well. Like, uh, How are you, um... Emerald just played it yesterday on Nando's Instagram. One man's played it on his boiler room the other day. Like, doing really well. Um, and Agora is, is my other project, which is basically everything that I make apart from Garage. Um, and I've got big plans for that. I have a feeling that will eventually become bigger than movement, but we won't tempt fate. So how are you how are you setting up with the labels? Is it just like a fifty fifty partnership with the masters? Say again. Uh, how are you how are you setting up the business side with when you like when you do the labels and then obviously people buy it? Do you get like a it's like a monthly fee you get after when you like they buy your tunes or obviously distance sound is your your no, label, it's... isn't it? But are you talking about when I'm signing tracks yeah, when to, you're signing tracks label? to the label? Yeah. Yeah, so the standard industry uh, thing is fifty-fifty. I mean, you can you could talk all night about whether that's morally and financially viable, 
Um, but blue. I'm not someone who is prepared to, to start asking to change contracts and stuff at the moment. I might do in the future. But anyway, so all the labels I've signed to have been 50-50. Um, so that's, I can't, I'm really bad at, you might know this because you do the accountancy. I can't remember what the difference between net and gross means. Net's, net's, um, like your, net's profit. Like net's basically just the, like the money you have in it. Like that's like, and then gross is like profit before tax. Okay, so uh, we get, um, we get, we get all the money. 50% net. So it, you, they, there's, there's more, you lose more money than you think essentially that's what i'm trying to say so yeah, you give 50 you get 50 percent of the sales but then you also have to pay for the mastering and the artwork why first isn't that isn't that label isn't that a standard labels do that no well, some they, they often charge you for it see yeah. what i mean even in uh it's, it's it's pretty mad actually in in big big record labels like an artist like rihanna for example pays for the studio time believe it or not yeah no yeah, but that's probably yeah, they probably well. Yeah, if they're signed, that's probably, I, don't, I don't know how it all works anyway. Yeah, but, I I was quite surprised when I found out like someone like Dr. Dre, for example, has to pay all of the people working in the studio out of his own pocket. Yeah, but he's he's he, I think he, he I don't think he's signed to anyone. I think he has his own label, doesn't he? Well, I mean, he's part of Interscope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, he's a bad example. But, I know, I know what point yeah. you're trying to get. I, out I always thought the labels paid for everything, but they don't essentially. Oh, I just, I just, because um, they always. Yeah, go on, go. On. Yeah, well, they, 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 their thing is that they need to make a profit. Basically. Well, the thing is, what like I understand that labels do bring some value, but like, I do, but then I think in this day and age, what are they doing? Like, what, like, what are they doing apart from just like sucking? I suppose they got contacts and stuff, but like, I don't know, man. I just feel like. Well, that's a, the, the most important thing is signing to the right label. So what I used to do, I'm not dissing any label here that I've ever released on because I've always had good experiences. Yeah. But I know people have had bad. So you really need to actually check what your label is going to do for you yeah. because you're giving them half of your money. You are. So the label I'm most heavily affiliated with, South Point, does a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff, which is why I'm always, they're my favorite label to release. So they get you in Spotify playlists, they get you in Mixmag, they get you in DJ Mag, they get DJ Q, they get DJ EZ playing your tunes, giving feedback, all sorts of things. Yeah. It's mad. So that's what you want from a label. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, whether you think that's worth 50% is up to you. I personally think it's fine. Um, but yeah, big labels on big scales as well. You know, there are... Um, the, th the unfortunate thing is everything is monetized now and everything you have to pay for. So most of the time now, to get into a big Spotify playlist, you essentially have to pay. To get on a Mixmag premiere, you essentially have to pay. Um, you could, and and that's what the labels are doing because they've got the contacts. Yeah. Like if you hit up Mixmag and go, can I have a premiere? They will not reply to you. Even though their email's on their website and it says, please send us demos, they do not reply, trust me. They only reply to people they know. Okay. Might as well do it anyway, innit? Who cares? Yeah, I mean, you may as well try, but you will. We won't get a reply because they get so many. Yeah. They go, well, I'm just going to open the ones from the people I know. True, true that, true that. That's why. That's why PR exists as a trade because they're the middlemen who sort that out. Yeah, don't know, man. I'm a big Nipsey Hussle fan. He always says it's depressing. It's de it's depressing, but it's, it, from, in my experience, it's 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 true. 
and if you want to make money in music you have to sort of go down roots and like i see a lot of people like the thing is is that like i don't have any money myself you see a lot of people being like oh i'm self-made and stuff but they had a lot of money when they started because you have to pay your way essentially so you know like a lot of drill and grind people they've done really well but they had huge amounts of money to start with yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get, I get your point. Like thousands and thousands. I, I don't have any expendable income myself, so <laughs> no, I can't do any of that. Me either, man. But fuck it. We'll make, yeah, exactly. The money will come, bro. Um, and I'm not, I'm not willing to spend that much money up front myself. So, um, that's what they will do for you for a small price, if you consider fifty percent a small price. Yeah, but the thing is, it's just the owning. It's all the down to of, what you want, really. It's the owning of the masters, that I think, because once you do blow up, your old tunes probably still are going to get played, and then obviously if they're under label. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I I I own all my masters, for example. Do you own all the all the Spotify's in them? Yeah, in small labels, they don't usually ask to own your masters. They are usually own publishing, so it's very What's the complex. Difference? What's the difference? For example, so publishing is the right to sell it sell oh, your work okay. yeah but they don't i'm i'm 99 percent sure that they don't own my music i own it so i can do what i want with it right okay um but that when you get to a bigger level that's when they start trying to own your masters but if you go to a big that's the thing is like if you for example have a track that blows up tomorrow and a big international label comes up to you and wants you to sign a contract get a lawyer obviously it seems obvious but because they will want to, they'll have all sorts of things in there. But if you get a good lawyer, your lawyer will will sort it out for you, and the label will probably be like, all right, fine. And they just do it because they know that most people don't like most people don't even check. Like if they wave a massive check in your face and go, oh, just sign this contract, and we'll give it to you right now. Yeah, you're probably going to sign it. But you need to get a lawyer, and you need to get the lawyer to look through it and go a music lawyer, obviously and to make sure you own your masters because there are a few quite a few artists who've done that and they still own their masters and they have a lot more money because now they can go up to tv programs and films and say do you want my music and they own they earn 100 percent of the royalties yeah owning masters is, is a slightly older thing i think it's like going out now like people it's, it's, it's coming out of fashion now because uh, because everyone can release their own music in- There's a really good book you should read called I can't remember what it's called now actually. It's just called like Music Business or something, Music and it's just like the best book I've ever read in terms of like wanting to get your head around things. It tells you everything about everything. Okay, I can't remember the name of it though. I'll look it up quickly. Check that um, out. Yeah. I'm getting to that point now where like I, I need to start thinking about how we're gonna push this. But I'm not deep in it too much, man. I'm just gonna drop music. I, I just like, I just think, I don't know, man. I feel like there's there's a definitely a balance where like you gotta be a bit strategic, but then also just like just get the music out, man. Because like you said, any tune can yeah. any tune can blow up. Like that tune you've been that tune has been on your hard drive for three years. That could be the one that's like when you put that out on SoundCloud, just even on SoundCloud, fucking everyone like likes it, and then boom, that's it, done. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm I'm someone who's of the opinion that. Um, you can so if you build everything yourself you have to do everything that the label does yeah or the agent or the manager yourself and so you have to build up all the contacts yourself you have to spend all the money that the label would spend um 
for the same quality and the same uh, efficiency it's not, it's, that it's the label hard, though. You just got to send people your tunes and then if they like them, you're going to have that contact. That's literally it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. If you send, you know, if you send your tune I mean, to DJ but... Q and he likes it, you've got his contact because he likes your tune so he's going to yeah, be yeah. open to you but it's a, it's, the thing, I think, I think a lot of people that I think a, a particular, it's not a problem, but I think a lot of people think the goal is to get DJs downloading and playing your tunes. It doesn't affect your career at all. Doesn't boost your career. It does. It does. If a big DJ plays your tune, you've got the video of it. That's how people are blown. You, it it doesn't it doesn't really affect your career that as nearly as much as you might. Think. How, and I think a lot of that's people. That's how people. Focus that, but that's how people are much. blown though, because some a DJ played their tune at a big rave and they've got a video and then that's how they've built their built their their, their platform. Well, it's just about I mean, getting it out there, really. That's all it is, just getting it out there and building and yeah, people. Yeah, it's getting out there, but it's also making sure you've got the banging artwork. Yeah. You've got the banging master. No, yeah, you've of got course. the banging def- everything. You've got that it coming out def- in Mixmag. Like, the guys who blow have got all of that ready to go behind it, behind that one video. You can't rely on DJs alone. Trust me, I've had some big-ass DJs play my tunes. I've got loads of friends who have had big-ass DJs playing their tunes doesn't really do that much yeah, for you friends. and i've posted it everywhere people go cool they like it it's not a huge amount it doesn't get you a lot of fans trust me it's the thing about that is that it's the most easy visual way to see something so it's very tempting to think that that's the way to do it but it's not there's, there's no way to do it that's the thing there's no way to do it no exactly yeah, the yeah, way yeah to do yeah. it that's just one of many 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 things the way to, to do it to is do. just fucking just to fucking make stuff that you like to make and fucking try and put it out and, and yeah. love, love the process and yeah. just see what happens. But when you start getting too into the into the details of trying to think, oh, we need to have this yeah. and we need to have that, you're just in one rabbit hole that's never going to end. Bro. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? The, the most important thing I've learned is is the is the is the contacts and the networking for if you want to be yeah, successful. Music is the hard part. Networking is not fucking difficult, but. You have to do it, but you will not get anywhere without doing that. No, for real. But that's that's so, that's, uh, that's just like a, you just need to just be in the right. You need to be in the right space in terms of just the yeah. people you're friends with. I fell out of that space for about two years, but I'm finally coming back into it again now. So finally hitting a rhythm again, which is quite nice. In what sense? In just like being back in, I don't know, involved in. in well, involved in the scene again. Yeah. Like involved in garage, like engaging with other DJs and stuff. Well, so what's your favourite, like, type product, like tunes to make, genre to make? Uh, depending depends on mood, really. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's garage, sometimes it's the other stuff I do. Um, garage is much more fun to make. Uh, garage is much easier to make. I have to. Oh no, actually, it's not easier to make. It's a lot easier to do about 80% of the track and then the last 20% is the most fucking nah, the thing that's, thing the, thing that, the thing that's fucked about garage is, is like 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 especially with like the, the mixing is because there's just so much going off on off the grid that it just like makes it a bit like fucked to like mix sometimes yeah yeah you got, you got yeah and it's really difficult to finish tracks and make them sound really um thing but you get there in the end it's not it's not it's not the thing is is like once you've got your head around it it's I think the hardest part is the first couple of years of producing. Yeah. And then once you've learned how to finish tracks and how to structure them and then you're you're right. It's just the ideas. That's the thing I've struggled with for the last couple of years is the ideas. Yeah, what was frustrating when I was starting was like I know I know what I want to hear, but 
but I just can't do it. Like it was just so frustrating. But like, you, as you, as you kind of just just keep keep at it, keep sitting at your desk and getting fucking vexed. You're like it can't. You do come out the other end. You do come out the other end. Uh yeah, you do, and you just got a graft. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a sort of classic creative who gets a bit like frustrated and wants to go and do something else. <laughs> oh mate, I've got a really low attention span. So say that again. I've got a really low attention span, so I find it difficult. But once I'm in the zone, my attention span's the best. It's really weird. Yeah, I think I'm quite similar. Like I get, yeah. I think it, it's like on Sunday I wrote a track from start to finish and it is completely finished in about four hours and it is one of the best tracks I've ever made. Yeah, it happens. It happens like that still. Yeah, it happens like that. Still. And then some tracks I don't finish for weeks. But I feel like I, in fact, on the same day I finished a track that I started over a year ago. Yeah. I feel like so I always have to come back to it the next day at least, so because I just feel like it could be shit when I'm listening to it now. But I suppose sometimes you just know yeah. it's like that's it, it's done. Yeah, well, I mean, the, there was a lot of luck involved in this one. It just, like, I didn't do much mixing. I didn't do, and it, I just listened to it the next day, and it was just sounded amazing. Do you believe, though, like, like, like so I, do I anything heard someone on a podcast say, like, I think it was, like, Joe Rogan podcast, someone was saying about how he was talking to his friend, and, like, he was saying, like, like, he's, like he feels like he's, like, spiritually connected to the computer sometimes when he's, like, in flow. Like, it just feels like, you know, I don't know if you get it, but I get it sometimes. You know, sometimes when, like, you open Ableton, You've got a beat going, and then it just seems to be like everything you click on is the one that you put in. Like every sample, you just click on it, you're like, yep, click on it, yep, click on it, yep. Yeah, yeah, it's such a good feeling. Everything yeah. just you're like, just, yep, put that in, yep. It's, it's, I think it's just luck, really, or you're in the right mood. You're more, you might be more receptive, yeah, and you might be more open. No, I think that's so what I it is. I mean, I don't believe I'm spiritually connected myself. But, I think it's um, no, I think it's just when you're in the flow, when you're in the moment, and you just, you just, you know, what I mean, you're just doing it because I, I don't know, in that moments, yeah, like. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm sure I started at 12 and now it's five o'clock. I'm like, well, what the fuck has happened in the last five hours? I don't even know what's happened. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's when you hit, when you hit the ground running, basically. Yeah, for sure. Um, so It's addictive. I don't think I've got anything written down. The only thing I've got written down is just obviously the, the influences in your garage. I feel like it's very R&B driven. So are you, are you an R&B person? Or do you just... Yeah. It's funny, actually, you say that. I got into R&B through Garage, oddly okay. enough. I used to think R&B was one of the wettest genres on the planet. Because, you know, when we were growing up, R&B was like Usher and R. Kelly and all that sort of stuff. I still don't really... I don't not like it, but I still don't really like that 2000s R&B. That's the best R&B. Um, I don't sort of prefer the 90s stuff myself. There is a lot of 2000s R&B I like. Uh, but I, prefer, I mean, my favourite type of R&B, ironically, is this new generation now. Ah, uh, uh, man, 2000s R&B like, was one, bro. Slow Down, Bobby V, yeah. all them kind of tunes there, bro. I'm not too versed on it, man. I just know the hits, yeah. like Destiny's Child and Nelly and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it was like, it was like, yeah, it was all like top of it. Like the charts now is all like EDM and stuff. But back then it was R&B. That was the charts. It was R&B. Yeah. So I think I just overheard it for my whole life. So I've never taken it that seriously. But yeah, I got into like Alia and... But you got, but you got like loads of like Drew Hill samples in your tune and stuff. And fucking... Yeah, exactly. I, I literally never heard of Drew Hill. Uh, the only reason I know who Drew Hill are... I feel like a bit of a dick saying this because... 
I like them now, but the only reason I know who they are is because uh, Groove Chronicles did a remix of one of their tunes. Yeah, uh, that's how it works though. That's the only, I've no idea who Drew Hill are, don't know anything about them. If you listen to your tunes, you'd, you'd never think even heard of them. Like, I'd think you were, like, you were like a proper R&B guy because it just sound very like... <laughs> no, I'm a faker, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. The thing is, is that I grew up on soul and like that kind of R&B which is just exactly it's essentially the same yeah elements of it that's, how, that's where it comes from it's just different different yeah so I am technically on a musical level I understand the 90s R&B because it's the same musical structure as like soul but it's just different so I don't know the artist that well but um I'm much more into like I'm much more into like party next door and like the weekend and stuff. No, that's the sort of R and B I like. Not really a big fan of party next door. Do we, uh, no, I, I was that one mixtape we did was sick. The one that has like um, uh, what's good curious? I don't know if you know about that tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's good curious is my yeah. favorite song by uh, Party Next Door. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is the ult- I don't know how much I can say on here, but that is the ultimate sex song. Like, is the ultimate sex. Yeah. Song. <laughs> oh, we we can talk about anything on here, bro. We can talk about anything. Um, Blair. Nah, yeah. Um, well, I was gonna say one artist I got into last year really heavily and is now like seriously one of my favorite artists is Travis Scott. And I just didn't take him seriously at all before because again I thought he was just like Drake. Drake, someone I like ish. Drake, sorry, no, he's no, just no. There Drake, in my no, life. Let me tell you about Drake. Yeah, Drake is the man, and the reason why I tell you he's a man, yeah, is because he's got undeniable tunes. He's got like some of his, some yeah, of his, yeah, some of, of his new shit now is questionable. I'm not really a big Drake fan now, but Drake, see Drake when I was 13, yeah, fuck you know, that was my like, that was the one yeah. for me, bro. Right, take care. Take care. Uh, nothing was the same. Nothing was the same as my favorite album. Yeah, him, I hear I actually, that, that is time, peak Drake for me. Yeah, yeah. And started from the bottom and uh, Pound Cake Pound and all those tunes are mad. And then I feel like when he started collabing with Future, he's just gone completely trap and it's like really boring wow. now. But that's why I feel like Travis Scott has taken over as like the more melodic rap guy. Travis Scott will never be as big as Drake, obviously. I, think but he, no, he arguably, I feel like Travis Scott is... is. Like, I think Drake's bigger. He is getting Drake's there, bigger, isn't he? But he arguably is in that same category, though. Yeah, he's he's definitely getting there. And if he's not there now, his next album, who will be? Nah, I don't think he can ever top Drake because, like I said, Drake's just got under like Drake's got albums on albums, and they're just yeah. undeniable, bro. Yeah, yeah, he is the pop star of. That's why I like I I accept that like Drake's a bit of a wet guy sometimes, but I'm not let I'm not letting anyone slander him because he's got too many tunes. Like, I can listen, to, I can put, I can put, I can type in Drake on that on my iTunes and, and the artist and just listen to it, and I'll be, I'm good. Yeah. Bro. You're right. I actually forget. Like even views has got mad Dude, tunes on it. My like, controller is Banger. such a good tune, mate. Uh, what's that one? That's uh, it's like one of his my favorite songs of his. It's it's called. Um, is it on views? Child's Play. That's the one. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Child's Play. Yeah. Love that tune. Um, even, but yeah, even, Travis even, Scott got even, into even, last even, year. Love him. More life. There's a couple bangers on More Life still. Yeah, I haven't really listened to that as much. I only know Passion Fruit and. Uh, uh, the one that's got like that girl singing at the beginning. I'm really bad with song titles. Yeah, um, but yeah, I've, I, I kind of want to start incorporating that sort of sound into Garage. I don't think anyone's done that yet. So, what is in? Um, it's like trippy because Drake and Travis Scott. It's all like drug infused R and B hip hop in it. Like it's this particular sound. Not, it's all not, really trippy. Not, lots of echo I, and reverb. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. No, but as in like Drake's bass sound is very dark ambient like pianos and shit 
and they're not hugely different. Same with, um, like, if you listen to Drake, Travis Scott, Extentation, Lil Uzi Vert, at face value, they all sound different, but they all have come from the same place. No, nah, not I mean? Drake. Drake doesn't come from that place. Drake, Drake's done it because well, that's, would, where, that's would, where the market's gone, so that's why he's kind of... I would, I, would, I would argue against that because I feel that Drake's sound... Okay, his first album that I did wasn't... I don't really rate his first album myself. What's so far gone? What are you about? The one that, where he's got his face on the front and it's like... Hey, Malaya, that's the white. one. That's the, fun, that's the fundamentals of like how oh, I wanted Drake. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not a fan of that one. No, it's about his producer, 40, and his sound... Because like Drake is forty, like he's they are one person. Yeah, that's how like most of their producers. And uh, yeah, exactly. But most rappers still don't have one producer that they still use for the majority of their tracks. And for and Boy Wonder as well is another one of Drake's favorites. But yeah, they come from the same very minimal, very ambient, and very like reverbed out, which is the same as all those other rappers I just named. No, I get what point you're trying to get at, but I think Drake, it's the same musical Drake school. It, though. He, he didn't come from that. That's what he just like. He just he yeah, kind of yeah. transitioned that when the his market. early tracks was like a proper like 2000 and late 2000s, early 2010s like hip hop. I think it's just like some artists like Drake. You get like artists like Drake. They're like, they're like. But that's. I feel like Drake, even though he transitioned into that, he became the megastar. When he did that, but that's what. But that's the reason why he's a megastar, though, because he, he transitions into, into these into like different, um, like genres of music and, and flow of where the where the industry goes. He's not necessarily someone that created yeah. it, but he just transitions himself into it. And arguably, that's not really what I rate. I, I don't really rate that shit, but that's what people. That's what I mean. You, but then you got artists like Jay Z yeah. that just, they just stick to what they do, and then but they just got their. So it all it all, it all depends on the per- type of person that you are. Drake's just that guy, and he's just that guy, like. I was a big hip hop head growing up in my teen years, and that someone I never really have liked and still don't like now is Jay Z. Funnily enough, people always get on me about that, yes. but I don't give a shit. I just don't rate him. Mad still, can't lie. Well, well I'm not gonna. I don't. I'm just, not gonna, so people like yeah, what they like. There's no point in getting into it. It's a bit. It's, it's very. It's, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's very, very mad. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. That's very mad. But people like what they like. Probably just haven't listened to him properly. I, but, but in in the same, I feel like I must be missing something because what I've heard, I'm not impressed. Token, though, I'm not really, it's all right. I, I'm not really like it's the same. Like, I feel like it's kind of like Jay Z and Nas are the kind of two you put together in terms of like because the, they had a battle and stuff and whatever. But I don't, I'm not a Nas guy. I don't yeah. really. I, I, but That's I, what I mean. Nas is one of the most overrated people of all time. I, no, I don't know. I can't. I can't really. I can't but he's say sick. That. But I've like, but I've li- I've heard like Nas tunes and shit, and <laughs> I've liked it in it. So I can't say shit. But I just not. I'm not. I'm not yeah. But just yeah. Jay Z. Yeah, like this is Nas is one of the most overrated people of all time. He's also one of the best rappers of all time. Doesn't mean he's not overrated. He's still overrated, nah, even overrated. though he's one of the best rappers overrated of all time. In your opinion, but that's just like it's it's, it's hard to, it's hard to get into. You're, he's definitely it's overrated. Hard to get into, it's hard to get into a music conversation when you're bringing your own opinion into it because yeah. it's like yeah, yeah, of course. But that's what makes it so enjoyable. I've got a question for you. Who is your favorite rapper of all time? It's gotta be Nipsey Hussle, man. Oh yeah, that's true. You do I love, love him, him so you? much, but like, I feel like that's so a bit of a cop out. We're 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 a rare breed, mate. Trust me. In the UK, I swear everyone in the UK is obsessed with East Coast hip hop. Fucking pisses me off, East mate. East Coast hip hop. Nah, but I, I, you know how like all these like these guys are like 
they listen, only listen to like Wu Tang Clan and Naz and Biggie, and they don't give Dre and Nipsey uh, Hussle okay. and uh, people with time of day. Is he really just said Jay Z? You don't like you don't think Jay Z? You don't rate Jay Z? I'm the same with like Wu Tang Clan and NWA. I just don't like it. Well, there you go. But like, but like, I won't, yeah. I won't, I won't, I won't say it because obviously I know that it's a, it's big. I know that they 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 have a big influence in, in even the hip hop that's made today. So I can't dis, I can't, I won't diss them, but it's just not for me. I can't listen to that like rah rah. Well, it's like NWA. Stuff, I just can't do it. That's the thing. I think people get like quality and influence confused because. I like NWA, yeah, but I realise that their quality, their, the solo careers of each of the artists was better than the NWA by far, apart from Easy E. But I think that's obviously like when they, really the thing is they grew, though, when they? It's hard to compare. That's, like, that's that, like their early stuff. And then as they've progressed in their individual yeah. career, they've gotten better musicians, so it's kind of like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But, yeah, it's true. But, but the thing is, I do respect, yeah, like, respect the movement that they, they did, though. They started that, they started, they basically started that wave of like, fuck it, bruv, like, and they push hip hop forward, so you can't disrespect it. But it's just not my sound. I just don't like that rah rah like hip hop. Like you, that you know that like, I don't know. It's just not for me. I like gangster yeah. rap and like 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 R and B MCs that's got like nice melodic bass lines and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's why I love West Coast, man. My favorite rapper of all time is Kendrick. Kendrick, yeah, no, I respect it's, that still. He's my favorite artist of all time. My favorite album of all time is To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, he's like was, number one in all of my categories of everything. I, was, I had my mate on the podcast um, the other day and we were discussing top five and we had to put to Pimba Butterfly in there. Sick. Production yeah, yeah. on that's crazy. That YouTube, you know, when he like, switches up and they drink it out of the bottle, that's fucked. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's the best sounding album I've ever heard yeah, yeah. in my whole Good life. Politics is one of my favourites as well. Yeah. Once, day one, Hard. These Walls is my favourite. Yeah, these Walls. If these Walls can talk. Yeah, yeah. Banger. Banger. Yeah, I'm sick, man. Sick. I've got a question. Can I ask you a question? Bro, this is a conversation, my G. What are your influences for Garage? Uh, what is in Garage? Uh, um, influences in Garage. I've been listening to Garage for so long now. Um, I can't really give you like specific artists or anything. But like, I don't know. What's the, what was what sort of garage artist do you do you, did you look up to before back this the, new school came about? Yeah, before this garage second wave. Came Mine out. was like individual tunes rather than artists, innit? Mine was like yeah, I feel. Mine was like um, uh, right. Let me think about this now. So mine was sticky, sticky. Uh, if things we do for love, that tune was big for me, bro. Big tune. Um, Future Underground Nation, it's the way, banger. Um, it's the way. Have you heard the uh, Subcuts Speed Garage remix? Uh, they're good. So sick. Uh, um, yeah, banging. You love it. Uh, I want to say, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Um, Tina Moore, Nobody Better. Them two lick, banger, banger. Um, Don't know if I've heard that. Oh mate, that's a tune. That is a tune. I feel like I must have. Yeah, I'll put it out. Cool. Um, yeah, them. Put that in the podcast. Them two, yeah, them two. Yeah, them two. Um, and then yeah, just the kind of, and then just the kind of new school way. Really, I feel like, yeah, that, that was individual tunes back in the day, kind of like, and then I just kind of just when the new school kind of like come about, I started making tunes 
And then, yeah, so I feel like the new school probably influenced me more in my, produ- in my actual production. But DJing, I've been DJing Gary for fucking years. But yeah, just like the new school producers, just like Mind of a Dragon was a big one. Like when I first heard his, the first tune I heard of his was that Feels So tune. Have you heard that? It feels so good, good. No, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I've heard that. Know. First tune I heard of him was uh, was called Made Up. Still one of my favourites. Probably my favourite Mind of a Dragon. I've heard that. He's got so many tunes. Though. He's someone who puts out so many tunes that I can't keep up with him and therefore I don't know any yeah, of his songs. For real. I only know his songs up to a certain point. Yeah, I feel like um, he must. He must have. Yeah. He must have over like five thousand tunes. He must. He must. Probably even more than that. Like that. Well, when I met him at Patterns, I said, "How do you make so many tunes?" And he's like, "I have a nine to five, which I think is near his house or something." And then he, because he's got like a busy life outside of music, so I was like, "How do you find the time basically to make the tunes?" And he was like, "I've just got a good process." And I spend every available minute of my spare time doing it. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that is the most simple have answer. You, have, you watched, have you watched his live streams that he's been doing? No, as I said, I'm really bad at it. I'm, I'm, I'm not really on social media nearly as much anymore. Yeah. I don't really participate in it. And not in a like, oh, I'm so cool way. It's more because I've had a lot of mental strife recently. And social media has been exacerbating my, my, problems so i've just been avoiding it apart from posting my own music so yeah no i haven't been i'm not that bothered myself I, I i've always been a fan of i have to get the balance right because you need to still learn and keep learning but i've always been a fan of just doing my yeah. own thing blindfolded yeah. and just seeing what yeah. comes out and not worrying too much about because i feel like if everyone is watching these things then then i'm we're all going to use the same trick so there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I'd like to nah, find out. For me, it it's not really about... Because the thing, the thing about me is that I spent most of my production life pre-being part of any music community on Facebook. So I think a lot of my sound comes from the fact that I never learned to do it from anyone. I just sort of worked it out. So I'm doing quite a few things what might someone might consider wrong, but now they're in my own sounds. So I'm not that... No, I just like to see... I like to, like I'm, a visual, I'm a visual learner. I like to... Um, it's not like a fact that I'm like looking at it and thinking, oh, I need to do exactly what he's doing. But I like to just to see how someone does something so then I can kind of just, it's just nice to see their process so then you can just subconsciously just take it away then just do whatever you need to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? But What sort of stuff does he do? Literally, he produces quite similar to the way I produce in terms of his yeah. process. Obviously, I'm not as good as my other dragon. I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> just yeah. I'd like to see Prescribed Revive. That's the one I'd like to see his his uh, uh projects because his tracks are so complex yeah uh, the, the stems he put out was it i don't understand the complexity and the stems it was like 37 drum tracks <laughs> i was like jesus christ how do you have that many but not make it sound really complicated yeah i, I whenever i put too much drums in my track or busy it's it a bit too mad i just like to keep it concise yeah he just selects the perfect sample and none of them are clashing time Someone like me, I have such a low attention span. I'm so impulsive with music that if I spent, like, I, I, I feel like it would take me forever to do I, that. But maybe it does take someone like I him. I think different personality traits. Like, I can't, I can't. He, I reckon he seems like the sort of guy that can maybe just sit there for so long and just like try and get everything perfect. Just do it. I, it gets to a point where I'm, I get, I get frustrated. I'm like, no, I've got to close this now. I can't, I can't do any more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm exactly. <laughs> no, I just can't. I just like it's a point if I'm like moving shit around too much, I have to close the thing. 
Yeah, it's just doesn't work with me, my personality. Uh, and that's the thing, really, man. And I feel like, just like, I don't know, when it's always, like, your tunes are so sick, bro. Like, you should be worrying about fucking what prescribed. Like, fuck, your tunes are fucking sick, mate. Like, your two step tunes are just fucking sick. Like, there's, nothing, there's nothing more to say, mate, to be honest. Tell, tell, me, tell me more. <laughs> there's nothing more to say. That new EP you sent was sick, bro. My. I want to know. Do you know what? You're right, though. I'm way too harsh on myself. I am harsh on myself as well, because but. I, at the same time, I yeah. do realise that like, it's like, if you like it, you That's like it. Like, of, yeah. who cares? Like, I, don't, I just can't be asked to care anymore. Yeah. Like, when I when I make something and I get that feeling, like, I get that, like, you know, when you start getting that feeling, that's all I care about anymore. And that's it. As part of my personality, I've always been obsessed with bad part of my personality. I can't seem to shake it. It's getting better as I get older. I think it's like a teenage thing that I haven't got rid of. Um, which is, I hate, like, inauthenticity and I hate people who are arrogant basically um, and I think I've become so ingrained with that that I feel that I cannot be proud of my own work it's a very toxic sort of mindset I can't be proud of my own work because I don't want ever to come off across as a hypocrite because I constantly critique people for showing off and some people mate they blow their own trumpet all day long that I'm saying that's not objectively a bad thing i just see it as a bad thing myself so i think that's why i'm so harsh on myself because i'm like i can't be happy i can't be showing off about my music so i need to just chill fuck out basically and let people like you tell me that i'm making good tunes because it must be doing something right people buy it and stuff um mate i didn't even promote burner properly and it got to number 10 in the beatport chart so does itself isn't it yeah but which kind of goes against everything I said earlier and agrees with what you said, which is just make the music and people will buy it because oh, I didn't promote that shit oh, at all. I keep, like, literally, I think everyone's like so like, everyone just thinks so much about how like, but the thing is like, what you got to realise is nobody gives a shit. Like, nobody actually gives a shit. Like if they, if they like see a tune and they like it, they're going to put it in their players and they're going to play it and they're going to buy it and they're going to like it. Like no one actually, yeah. no one cares to be like, oh, this was like in the, Beatport playlist number one, and now I'm gonna love it because of that. Like, yeah. it's just like, yeah, it's gonna bring you. More. I just, oh man, I just can't be fucked, man. I just feel like, you know what? If I make a tune I like, it, I'm gonna put it out. I'm gonna see what happens, man. Like, I just think that's the one thing I've been trying to work on the most on myself is to not be as affected by these things. And I'm slowly getting there. But, it's, but it's, I just, I'm so influenced by social media and what other producers are doing. But the thing is, like in not, our group, uh, Garage and that chat, for example. I get so like, oh, every time one of the other guys is doing well. And it's not, bro, I'm not listen, jealous. Now, I'm now just we like, I'm not this. doing enough. I'm the same as you, bro. Let me, we could talk about this now because I'm the same as you. But I feel like I just, I channel it in a different way where I realise what I'm doing. And I don't, I don't, I don't associate yeah. with it too much. I don't, I don't care. Like, like I, I get the same thing. So I'll, 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 I know that, I know what you're talking about. But what I do is I just, I, I, I see that in my mind and I realise why I'm doing it. And, and, and it's not, I'm not doing it because I'm this fucking like uh, like this person that wants fucking like, like I want to be bigger than everyone else or, or whatever. It's not it's not from an ego place. It's just it's just like anxiety and just anxious and just you know what I'm saying. It's just it's it's nothing to worry about. Just to put it simply, like I, I get it. I get what you're saying, but it's like once you realise why you're doing certain things, it's kind of easier to kind of like conceptualise it in your mind and not get attached to it too much. It's like it's just a, it's just that yeah. thing of just becoming aware of of what's going on and. And not attaching yourself to every thought that comes into your brain because 
they're not real. Thoughts yeah. are not real. They're only real when you are like when you then you like when you like let them be real. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's true. Two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen were amazing for me musically. That was the beginning of movement. It was the beginning of getting shows and getting support from conductor and stuff. And I got so worked up inside my own head that in 2019, second half of 2018, 2019, I just lost it. I just lost all my creativity. I lost all drive. I didn't want to be a producer anymore. Gave up basically. Yeah. And then I've slowly, because the passion is there and it always will be, it's just, I've just slowly got it back together. Now I'm back essentially. And I've got so much shit coming out soon that is banging basically and it's just going to do well and i've stopped giving i finally the major thing that was messing me about is i gave so much of a shit what big djs thought of me and like whether they were playing my tunes and then i just it just doesn't matter Mate, the thing is i don't give a fuck about them anymore is, i just make tunes put them out and i know the fans all like them i don't give a fuck about djs i want people who are listening at home to like it if the dj plays it they play it I don't give a fuck. I don't make my tunes for DJs either. Quite a lot of my tunes don't have friendly intros or things like I that. Because I make music that's music. Do you know what I'm saying? I, 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 that's how I see. No, I just think... Um, Sorry, I was just expressing myself no, no, it's very all good. It's all good. emotionally. I just, think, I, I just think you have the problem that I have that everyone else has where like we start to put too much, too much um, importance on external things and what other people think, what, what my mum thinks or whatever. Because whatever, whenever you put importance on that it's always going to end in in something that you can't control and therefore you're going to end up in these places where you get frustrated or you get this or you get that because if you if you're like worrying about oh what how many plays am i getting on soundcloud or spotify if that's how you that's how you base how you feel good then it's it's that's that's a that's a fucked up game to play because what what if one month you don't get as many plays do you know what I'm, I'm not saying that you do i'm just saying it as a as a kind of like concept it's just like that's that's yeah that I'm just saying as a concept, it's like, um, I just think we just have to just do things that comes from within and then we can just control that and we can keep that to ourselves and then we cannot, we're not going to get too worked up if conductor doesn't play our tune or whatever, do yeah. you know what I'm saying? And I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to go through it, I think, as well, as a producer. You have to go through that and come out the other end because otherwise you'll, that's how you learn. It's, it's not just a producer. Everyone's thing, done it's it. It's like anything. It's just like, like it's life, basically. Oh yeah, any, uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like I remember sort of realizing when someone told me that um, these producers—I don't know the ins and outs—but people like Mind of a Dragon, people like Conductor, who are absolutely smashing it and have done for about two years. What were they doing before? Exactly, they went through it as well. You know what I mean? Hundred percent, man. Yeah, exactly. They were, they were just like us. I feel like, I feel like everyone, like, like we, they'll look at these people that are doing well, and we just think they're these fucking next fucking arrogant pieces of shit that are just like whatever. But they're just not. They're just normal human beings that have made it. They just fucking they went through it, and I mean, they got maybe a bit of luck or whatever, and that was it. And now they're good. Yeah, mate. I'm telling you, the stuff I'm doing. Okay, so movement is to me is is not particularly deep music or anything. It's just like feel good quite technical dancey club music that's what i like about it it's not too complicated or yeah. anything and then my other tunes especially the agora they're like such a artistic exploration of actually me yeah 
So the fact that I can have both of those sides is how I've managed to get back and complete myself as an artist because for so long I, I just made the, the the bangers and I didn't make anything else because I, I wanted to but I told myself not to because I should be concentrating on something else. Telling yourself not to now do I don't give a fuck, mate. Be a problem. Like, just do what you fucking want to yeah. do. Like, if you f- but that was, that was me when I was having so much shit going on in my life. So. Yeah. I understand why I did it. Now I've sorted it all out. So, um, and this Agora shit, man, it's like fucking next level artistry shit. That when I release it, no one's even gonna clock it. But I don't care because I did it for myself. Yeah, and there's some I put like I put clues and shit in my tracks that don't even need to be there. Like it's like a game. I love doing shit like that. I had a tune come out on Dissident Sound called Witchwood, which was under Agora, and I put a sample in there that you can't even hear unless you listen on headphones and it adds nothing to the track but it's just a nod to an artist who it's inspired by now fair play man fair play love doing shit like that <laughs> it's like people putting references in films that you don't even put so there's no need for it it's just a bit of fun yeah beep yeah I know it's not your kind of stuff that stuff but no, it's, it, I'll send it to you. It's regardless. not, mate, but I'll give it a listen. I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really. I don't really like break. I don't know, just something about breakbeat. It's just I just don't. I don't connect with it. I don't really connect with that breakbeat. Ah, beat. well, there you go. Most of my Agora tunes aren't breakbeat tunes. Nah, so yeah. Have to send them to you. Aware, I have to show no, them to I'm, you. I'm always down to listen. Though. You know me. I'm down to listen. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, seriously, most of them aren't breakbeat. A lot of them are sort of like techno and ambient and that sort techno, of thing. Techno. I know you're not really techno. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's into not that techno in the jack. classic sense of. <clears throat> it's just it doesn't really have a genre, but the closest one I would associate it with is ambient techno or something like that. <laughs> I'm not convincing you. Nah, but you, you, your movement stuff's always been convincing, mate. Right? So it's all good. There you go. Yeah, that's that's oh. sexy two-step, bro. I need to need to make make some more of it. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like I was having a conversation with someone the other day and I was just like, just need to make some tunes, isn't it? Just, just make the tune, mix it, know it sounds finished and just put it out and not worry about it too much and just put tunes out there. Because all of these guys who a year ago I was helping and teaching have overtaken me now because they've just made tunes and they're releasing them and i'm sitting there stressing about tunes that aren't even finished and not even making tunes so i've just decided to stop churning out the tunes and Mate, honestly bro like i like i want to which is what i've wanted to do for ages and then uh and then they'll they'll be out there and then i'll have a fat catalog my catalog on spotify is fucking fat now i'm well happy with it i've got like loads of tunes on there I like to have a nice thick back catalogue, yeah. juicy. Yeah, man, for real, for real. But um, but yeah, I think we covered quite a lot in that interview. Still. Yeah, I'm a bit of a talker. Sorry. Nah, man, it's all good. It's all good. I just think um, yeah, I just think a lot, a lot, a lot of we just we're always just in our own heads sometimes. I feel like once you realise that like <clears throat> nobody actually cares. Like we're stressing about like snare compression or that fucking. That shit, but no one cares. No one actually cares. And I feel like you just need to just get it out and just express the way you want to express and and that's it. Yeah, the most important thing is listening to your your gut. Yeah, for real. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's so many people in the music industry who say the opposite of what you're saying. No, I haven't noticed that. 
and they put so much emphasis on you have to be doing this and doing that and doing this with us i see so many of them man oh you mean the opposite to what i'm saying it's jarring yeah Obviously, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe they know to, what i'm thinking i can think of at least 10 people in my head that are so negative in their emphasis on being an, a, an expert at everything it's just like oh god yeah, but they probably are an expert you're not a fucking expert i'm not they're not experts. I'm not, that's I'm fucking reason. Expert. They probably are. That's probably what they know. That's what I don't fucking, I don't fucking care, brother. Just... No, trust me. These people use. Uh, trust me. An expert never does things like that because <laughs> experts know that. The more you know that thing, it's, I can't remember. It's, it's, an a, expert knows. That... There's a word for it, but it's like the more you know, the less you know. The more you know, that you the more you realize how little you know. Yeah, that's facts. That's facts. And you see these people projecting all over internet, being like, mm, "This is how you do this. This is how you do that." It's just like, shut up. No, that's not how you do it. There's no fucking way. It's not maths, is it? It's not three plus three. It's how is the song doing well? True. True, bro. True. Right, bro. I really want a synth. Synth. I bought a keyboard yesterday. Well, I should have then. Oh, I haven't, bought, I haven't got oh, it yet. Oh, you ordered it. It's oh, right. lockdown, isn't it? I've had to order it online. I've got a complete control A49. Sick, bruv. So sexy. Yeah, I want... What's your setup, by the way? I've always been intrigued. What do you make your tunes oh, on? This is it right here, bro. Can't really show you. Do you have a keyboard or speakers or anything? Yeah, I have a Yamaha S HS7 and then I have a Novation Launch Key 25, bro. Ooh. That's it. That's me, bro. What's it, what's it look like? What, the, the king? Just this. The uh, keyboard. The keyboard. I'm showing you now. Oh, sorry, it's a bit, it's a bit behind. Ah, oh, my, my housemate's got them. They're well good. They've got their pads and shit. Do you ever use the MIDI pads and knobs? Mm, no, I just use the volume and the keyboard. So I'm prob I probably overpaid for what I need, to be honest, but it is what it is. Fuck it. It's a nice keyboard, regardless. I got it for Christmas like ages ago. I didn't use it for two years and I started using it. Hmm. Yeah, I just wanted a, a sexy one. I could have got a £69 one, but I won't fuck it. I'll just get a nice sexy one with some extra bits on it that I don't Trust. need. Because fuck it, it's locked down. Treat yourself. Trust. Trust. Right, bro. It was nice speaking to you anyway, man. Got to cover some shit in there. You too. So you got work, you got work soon? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, work. Um, Retail life. Love it. I'm just enjoying that unemployed. I actually don't mind it, to be fair. I'm just enjoying that. Are you furloughed or anything? Kind of. I'm just unemployed at the minute. I'm just, just living my life. Can't be asked, bro. I'm cool. That's good. Cool. Are you alright for, like, staying alive and stuff? Yeah, man. Living at home, I imagine. Yeah, man. Of course, man. Yeah, oh, I'm quite I'm, yeah, I'm right. quite fortunate in that yes. regard, to be honest. I keep telling myself every day I'm grateful. Yeah, well, we're that generation, it could, isn't it? It could be worse. Yeah, exactly. Could be, worse. be over before you know it, anyway. Right. I'll let you go then. I'm waffling on. Alright, we're back. Hello. Did you hear me? Oh, my connection's unstable. But anyway, yeah, we'll leave it at that, man. It was nice speaking to you anyway. You too. Keep See sending you later. me the tunes, bro. Keep sending me the tunes. We'll do. Take care, man. Right, send me the audio as well when you're done. Nice one, bro. In a bit. <laughs>